Well, hey there, and welcome to the podcast. Now, today's episode is a little different than normal because it's actually one of the very first episodes that I recorded, the very first interview I did, and honestly, it was done on a whim. The idea of Clickbait Church was there, but it wasn't fully fleshed out then, and I've waited until today to release this episode because my guest, Brandon Kermeens, is launching a brand new podcast himself called The Church in Fix. So here's the raw, uncut first interview of Clickbait Church with Brandon Kermeens. It's all clickbait nowadays. Yeah. Baptist Church has voted to accept the LGBT community, putting them actually at odds now with many in their denomination. Churches are a cornerstone of American life. Do you know what the internet desperately needs? More clickbait. clickbait. I'm Chris Prince, and this is Clickbait Church, a podcast about culture, how the church fits into it, and what we can learn from each other. Listen up, you won't believe your ears. On today's episode, I'm joined by my friend, Brandon Kermeens. He's 10 years older than me, and I remind him weekly, but we have become instant friends once we realize that our vision for the church in culture aligned. Brandon is one of the most relational people that I know, and today we're going to talk about his methods, his reasons, and why we're still friends. Brandon, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Chris. I'm really excited to be here, and I, I ponder daily why we are still friends. Well, <laughs> at least weekly when I tell you that you're older than me. Yes, absolutely. It's actually funny how many times we've been sitting at dinner with our wives and your wife or yourself has stopped and said, I forget how much older we are than you. And I just chuckle. That, yeah, that's true. I think I think it was the first time that I bought a pair of skinny jeans after meeting you that I realized that I was trying to be like you. Well, um, I only own one pair for the record for all of our listeners. You must wear them every day. I, I do. Um, so, hey, welcome to the podcast. I'm excited to dive into this and uh, we're still trying to figure out exactly what this podcast is and you're helping me figure it out. Since we are talking about the premise of clickbait, though, I, I did find an amazing website that has already done all this hard work for me. I thought about this and was like, I need to come up with some clickbait versions of the Bible stories. Uh, they did all the work for me. And so I'm going to read some of these and I think I, I just want to get your opinion. You know, I think they're really good. Uh, maybe we can make some of them better and they're just not good enough, but here's some books of the Bible and the, the clickbait description of what it means. So here's the book of Genesis, the beginning of everything. It's not what you think. <laughs> or what about numbers? This one's good. 36 tips and tricks for wandering in the desert. Nice. Uh, Ruth, this, this is for all you single ladies out there. Ruth, will this young widow ever find love again? And she does in a creepy way by laying on her future husband's bed. Wow. I went there. Uh, first Kings, this guy had a thousand women. Here's how badly that ended. <laughs> I can't imagine having two. I'm just saying, I love my wife. Babe, I love you. You're great. Uh, what about second Chronicles? If you thought the first book was crazy, check out the sequel. You know, normally the sequel is never as good as the first one, but in Chronicles, Should, apparently it is. Like all the like First Kings, Second Kings, First Chronicles, Second, but shouldn't have all been just like one book, really? That's a fantastic question. I would love to do some research and find out why they split them. Because why didn't they split Psalms? Clickbait. That that there's a good clickbait right there. Yeah, I want to find out why, and I think we can come up with a good reason why. But uh, we <laughs> might just get, make one up. We might get in trouble. Speaking of psalms, that is on here as well. Psalms 150 amazing ancient songs. 23 will blow your mind. 
Because, you know, Psalms 23, everybody loves That's the only one anybody knows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what about Song of Sol- Solomon? I thought this one was going to be sketchy, but it's not that bad. The surprising way to find a man and keep him. Wow. Yeah, that could have been better, but also I don't know if it would be politically correct or religiously correct. Uh, what about Habakkuk, which is, you know, the only book of the Bible no one can say. This minor prophet wrote one major book. I actually like that one. That one's good. I like that. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to the New Testament. The book of Mark. Three women went to a graveyard. What they found next will shock you. That's nice. I like I that. I like that one. I like it. I might actually preach a sermon called that. Already did. Yeah. Oh. No. <laughs> uh, what about John? A man's best friend dies, but lives to tell about it. What happens during his life will leave you on the edge of your pew. We don't really have pews in churches anymore, but if yeah, you what's did. A pew? Yeah, I know. Why is it? Uh, it's in a whole nother topic. Uh, Ephesians, epic life hacks for Christian living in a hostile world. I like that one, life hacks in, in the Bible. First Thessalonians, why one blast from a trumpet means you should look up fast. <laughs> okay. Because looking up matters. Oh. And lastly, the book of Revelation, you, these must have survival secrets for the end of the world. That one actually is probably an article already out there it's just not about the book of revelation wasn't it's about that the like zombie the left behind series well yeah it could be okay, about the left yeah. behind series uh, which i those? i did i, I actually did started by reading the youth version and then found out there the was a pg-13 like an, version well no no they were all like rated g oh okay uh they were written by christians um supposedly uh kurt cameron made a movie with one of them and then they decided to remake it and i'm pretty sure nicholas cage reprised that role and that is the best thing ever but what it does has, not sound like the best thing ever, but I'll take your word well, for it. Well, so what was the last good movie that Nicolas Cage was in? Um, I believe it was National Treasure. National Treasure. That's a good one. Um, my producer, Dennis, is telling me that Nicolas Cage actually did not reprise the role that Kirk Cameron was, but he was in the newer movie. And so I do want to point that out. Nicolas Cage was in the movie, but he did not reprise Kurt Cameron's role. This is why you have producers. This is why you have producers. But hey, let's move on. Um, I do want to talk to you about, like I said at the very beginning, I believe that you're one of the most relational people that I know, and uh, I enjoy watching you talk to people. I know that might sound weird, but I love watching you talk to other people. Um, I can't say how many times we've had conversations where you will mention, well, I was talking to so-and-so the other day, or we had so-and-so over at our house. And that shows to me, like, there are probably, there are so many people in our our area that you were connected to in our church and out of our church um, that it just, it blows my mind how many people you are connected to. And I think that it's because of how relational you are and how you, I, I don't know what your process is. And so that's really what I want to get at. What is your process of, of, of going towards people? Do you go to everyone and like get a feel of it and, and just talk a little bit about why, why you do it? Wow. So, yeah. So that's how, how long is this? Four hours? We yeah. Four we, hours? It's a four hour podcast. Okay, cool. Yeah. I just want to eight sure. parts. Yeah. Yeah. No. Wow. You know, there's so many answers to that. So I'll try to be as specific as I can, but I think, I think the very first one that I want to think about is I take this idea of being a follower of Jesus Christ very, very seriously. And so for me, our faith and our religion, and and I hate to use that term religion because I don't consider myself a religious person at all, uh, because I believe that everything that we do centers around our faith. And if we are a follower of Jesus Christ, there are certain things that we should do. 
Jesus was involved in relationships. When we go back and we study the Word of God, he not only spent his time around religious people from time to time, but he spent his time with the communities. He spent his time with what we would call the lost. He spent his time with the sinners. And when I look at his life, I always think about something in particular, and that is he never seemed to have an approach that was, if I'm not going to save this person, then I don't have time for them. The Bible calls him the friend of sinners. So, so number one, my approach is I want to be people's friends, regardless of Christianity. That's number one, because I believe that that's unique to our faith, is I don't have to agree with everyone, they don't have to agree with me, but I want to genuinely be involved in their life. I want to genuinely understand what's going on with them, and I want to do life with them. Now, if that involves church at some point in time, awesome. But if it doesn't, okay. And, and, and looking over life and, and watching church interactions as a child, you know, as you know, I was a pastor's kid growing up. One of the things that I always just, just cringed when I thought about was I saw so many relationships that seem to only be based on if I can win that person to God. Yeah, that's good. And to me, that's not a true relationship. It's not genuine because it's, 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 it's only based on what they can get. Yeah, no, it's like a it's a it's like a clickbait relationship. It's it's purely looking at it from the perspective of I I want to get something out of you. It's using someone purely for the sake of getting them to church or getting them salvation, which in the long run sure that's a good thing, but if you're doing it from that purpose and that goal, it can come across people see right through it. Yeah, absolutely. It's just like a clickbait it's fake. headline. It's fake. And 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 so uh, the the idea is to want to live a life that's authentic. You want to be authentic. And so, so that's, that's, that's rule one, is I want to have authentic relationships with people. So, so anyone I interact with at any point in time is strictly from that. I don't approach it. It's not from a, can I evangelize someone? My relationships are not about that. It's not, um, can I interact with them for any other purpose than to do life with them? And I think one of the great benefits that comes along with that, especially from a ministry perspective, is because people know that you're real. Yeah. God opens up doors of opportunity to be that salt, be that light, and actually have an opportunity to minister to them. Yeah. And, and, and really, I mean, I know that that's a very condensed way to look at it, because there's a lot of other things that are in that, but... But really, that's the heart of it, Chris. Yeah, is is in a nutshell. So, here's it's that's interesting that you say it that way because you know it, you can become worried that if you're not careful, you will people will see through that these relationships are there just so that you can potentially keep them connected to a church or just so that they will potentially stay connected to God. And you don't want that. So you have to do it organically. And I get that. What I think is interesting though, is you have people who I believe are, it's not even, I don't know if you would say it as levels, but you have people that really, you are their friend differently than just when you have people that are also your friends to, 
I don't know how to say that right. That the friends go, the friendship goes both ways. Let me put it that way. Right. There are people that you are a friend to many, but in the sense of like actual people that are friends back to you in, in, from the, from that relational standpoint, I think is what's interesting because, you know, on social media, we've talked before about social media, you can have a thousand Facebook friends and really you only maybe personally know 50. Right. But it's like, so in real life, you've got 200, 300 friends, but how many of them know you at, on, a, on a different level? I'm not saying there's levels of friendship, but like there, there has to be some separation there, right? You speak into others' lives in, in, in kind of a mentoring and, and just a relational way. How, how many do you let speak back into you? And, and what is, how do you know when there's someone you want to hear from or not? Yeah, absolutely. No, that, that's, a great, that's a great point. So it's the way I look at it. Um, is we all have to have, you know, the, the word, the term is, is emotional intelligence. I know you're familiar with that term. And so in, in understanding who you are and the things that you're good at, the things that you're bad at, the things, you know, we all have things that we need someone to speak into our lives. Yeah. We don't have all the answers. Um, and it's okay to say that I, you know, I've watched people not be willing to admit that. So the key is to through relationships and through getting to know people, you begin to understand who people are that you want to speak into your lives. And because of that, you, you begin to open more of a door of opportunity for them. Now, it may not look like, hey, I want you to speak into my life. But, I, you know, I, a very good example of that would be, you know, I remember a couple of years ago I had something happen where I was very hurt by something that someone did to me. And I knew that that person did not intentionally hurt me. I knew that. And I knew that that hurt was coming from a place of experiences that had happened to me in the past that that person was not even aware of. But I needed someone to talk to me about that who could, who could speak life into me, so, so to sure. speak. And, and to not only that, but not judge... The fact that I'm coming to them and I'm going to open up, you know, the word that we overuse, but I don't, I can't think of a better word for it is transparency, right? But to open up and truly say, hey, this is who I am. This is what I'm going through. And that, and, and I remember I, I sat in my office and the call that I made was to you. Yeah. And I called you and I began to talk to you about the situation and I just poured my heart out. Now, when I did that, I didn't say, hey, Chris, speak into my life. Yeah. But you recognized and you took that opportunity to, to give me some words. And it didn't come from because you recognize that because of our relationship being where it was, you recognize that opportunity and you didn't overstep that. Yeah. And, and so you, you find in those relationships, those opportunities, but this, but people in your relationships do the same thing to you. There are those in those relationships. Cause like you said, you know, I've thought about it many times, you know, I have been extremely fortunate that, you know, I, I remember somebody said one time, they said, you know, most people only have five friends, right? Yeah. And I do have five friends and then I have five more friends. And, then, and, and I, I mean, I literally, I have, I have friends all over the world that I get to engage with. And it doesn't always happen on an everyday level, especially from a global perspective, right? But there are certain people that I'll ask them, what are you doing? You know, I think of one of my friends uh, uh, that's in a missionary 
his name's Tony, and I think about what he's doing with his church. And I remember a conversation that we had uh, where he began to ask me what I thought about some things, and I began to ask him what he thought about some things. And again, neither of us would overstep the bound because we had a relationship and we were, we were seeking that fellowship. That, yeah. that, and that's what we got to continue to do. And, and that's what I do is I look for people. Now, there's people that I highly respect that I don't go to for advice. Yeah. And then there's other people that I might not even respect them as much as other people that I go to them for the advice. So it's just some one just, of those low, low respect people. I got it. Well, it's not. <laughs> not a, well, what I mean by that is it's no, just the way you that you regard that person, the way that you sure. see them, because we see people differently than they see themselves. Yeah. Right. Like you can see somebody like at a church. I think of uh, uh, there, there's a person in our church that we attend who is like a prayer warrior beyond anybody that I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. And if I need somebody to pray for me, that's who I'm going to. Yeah. No matter what, because I know their life. Yeah. Now, that's not to discount somebody else or not to say that somebody else's prayer is not as powerful or anything like that. But we, through relationships, we see that. Sure. And so you do the same thing in friendships. That's what's so interesting about about our relationship. Um, uh, we, we were talking on your podcast, and I'll give you a second to plug that in a moment, but we were talking on your podcast recently about... Um, how we kind of met and we met through a mutual friend, Luke, who, uh, you know, told us, Hey, told me and told you individually, Hey, you should meet each other. Uh, you're kind of in the same place right now and you should, you know, see, see where things land. And we met up randomly at a church event, uh, at, at our church now. Um, when I wasn't going there yet, you were there, you were just, I think I would barely move to Dallas actually. And we had a, what was it? 15, 20 minute conversation, maybe. Uh, and really it was very short and we just very quickly jumped in and talked a little bit about where we had both come from and where, like what we wanted out of religion, what we wanted out of church, what we wanted out of ministry. And in that short time span, I think we both realized that we aligned in so many ways and despite an age difference or despite, despite where we had both grown up and our jobs and, and all of those things, we, we had all of these other things that don't really match, but right here in that one place, this is what matched. And it mattered because we need, we each needed that. I think that's why when that situation happened to you, that you ended up calling me is because years before we had had a conversation talking just about ministry and about how we had been hurt in the past. And you knew that if there was anybody who's going to be able to look at that situation and be like, yeah, I've been hurt too. Let me tell you, you know, here's my thoughts on that. It was me. And I think the same thing, exact thing would happen the other way is if something happened to me, I would turn around and call you because, uh, and this isn't going to be like some love friend fest over here, but, um, in the sense of our friendship, that's what our, I think, defining factor is, is that when we have conversations, a lot of the time we're talking about our, our minist- ministerial past and just like where we come from and how that is impacting what me and you do together or what, what me and you do today. Um, I think that's important. Yeah, you know, it's funny that you you mentioned that because that's one thing that I didn't think about earlier. But but it, it's it's so true. It's easy for anyone to come together and figure out how they're different. Yeah, it's harder to come together and find out where you align. For sure. And and if we would spend more time focusing on 
what are where are we similar? What do we all like? What what do we all like to do? And then when you build from that, because if we only focus on differences, then you're never going to get anywhere. And, and and that's one thing too. Um, you mentioned earlier about like connections and connect points. That's one thing that I I try to look for when when I'm building relationships is what do they like? And and that's why most people and you know and, and you and I our our meetup was was a little bit different. But most people because I think you already knew a little bit about me and I already knew a little bit about you because yeah. we're a mutual friend. But most of the time when I meet someone, they don't walk away knowing anything at all about me. Nothing. Yeah. Because I spend all the time trying to get to know them. Yeah. Because until I know them, I don't know where our common ground is. Yeah. And, and I want to know where our common ground is so we can focus on that. Because we all have different things that we're passionate about. You know, some people, you know, are passionate about fishing. As you know, I'm not a fisherman. And I have friends that that's all they care about. Yeah. You know, um, it's boring. Yeah. It's the worst. Why do people like fishing? This is not a fishing podcast. Down with fishing. I, yeah, I don't understand. It makes no sense to me. But they love it. But you know what? I can sit there knowing that it's not my thing, but because I don't know a lot about it. If you know a lot about it and, and you want to talk about it, because I'm a curious person, you can tell me everything about it, and it's interesting to me. Yeah. Because... I don't know anything about it. Yeah, that's and good. so that's another thing that, that, that I look for too is what do you know that I don't know? Because I'm a I'm a I'm a never ending learner. Yeah. That's the way I approach life. That's really good. See, I'm not I'm not a hundred percent like you in the sense of like seeking out relationships as often as you do, I think. Uh, but we so there's a funny story about a guy who's my friend now who the first time we really ever met, I I, I, I wanna say that in the moment I was in a hurry. But he walked up to me. His name's Joe. Joe is awesome. But Joe walked up to me and Joe was like, hey, man, uh, uh, I really like all the stuff you've been doing like with your church. And like, I want to start a church one day, maybe. And and like, we should go get coffee. I was like, cool, man, that'd be great. And I kept walking. I was in a hurry. My mind was not in it. It was right after we'd first come back to the life church. I didn't want to talk about church planning. Right. At that point, you know, because our church had only been done for a few weeks and I just was not in the mindset. And literally like a couple of months ago was the first time that Joe and I ended up being at a, at a restaurant eating dinner with a group of people together. And he brought it up again. And I was like, you know, that's really funny, Joe, because I forgot all about that. What's so good about it is Joe asked me and he was the one trying to find the thing that we were connected on. But at the moment, I did not want to be connected to that. And so I just walked past. I had no desire to go to coffee with Joe because I did not want to align on something together. Now he comes to me and he says, hey, we should go to lunch or, hey, we should go to coffee. I want to talk about blank and church planning and this. And I go, OK, Joe, let's go to coffee and or let's go to dinner. And the reason that it happens is now going to be because we actually have something we're aligned on at the same time that we have the same vision for. Beforehand, I wasn't being a jerk. I, it wasn't that I didn't want to be Joe's friend. I just didn't know that we had anything in common. Right. Like there's that difference in just being acquaintances with people that you see and actually like becoming a friend. And for me, uh, probably more heavily than you, for me, I have to have something like largely in common with them. If I don't, I just, I have ADHD. I get bored. 
Right. Well, and you know what's funny about that, and and you're right. The and and the way I look at it is, until I spend a lot of time with them, I have no idea. So I've got to spend a lot of time yeah. with them to find out. I just don't have the patience. <laughs> but <laughs> don't pray for it. I did like years ago in my I life. That's the worst that. prayer I ever prayed. Yeah. No, but you know it's funny because I think about that, and and you brought up another thing. Here's another thing that I do, and I I don't know what people think about this, but sometimes I think that it catches them off guard. When I meet somebody, and they say, they make a statement like, we should go get coffee sometime. Or they make a statement like, we should go to dinner sometime. I immediately stop and I'm like, well, next week I've got this going on or next week, but I can do this date. Is that date good for you? Yeah. And then they're the ones that are like, well, hold on, let me see. And then if they can't commit to something there, we'll exchange contact information and then I'll follow back up with them. And when I follow back up, that's when they're like, whoa, this guy is serious yeah, about serious. this. Yeah. Because that's another thing, too. It's just a principle that I, I think that our words mean something. Every word that we use. Absolutely. And, and, and I hate to use this as an example. This was back, back before I got saved. But there was a stand-up comedian named uh, George, George Carlson. Yeah. And he did a bit about words and, and what they mean. And I'm not telling you to go look for this bit, right? But But... I, I think about that. Our words mean something. And if we tell somebody we're going to talk to them, we're going to call them, we're going to do this, or we're going to commit to spend time do with it. them, do it. Yeah. Because the way I look at it is this. The only way that I know that you care or you mean something to me is if you're willing to spend time with me. Yeah. And so that's that's another crucial piece. And 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 now I'm at a point in my life that... It's like, you know, my wife and I have these conversations like every week. Hey, we need to connect with this one. We need to get with this one. We haven't been to dinner again with this one. We haven't. And it's like time is, is, is our enemy. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, and that's it. And we struggle with time now because we want to have all these connect points. And, you know, I'll think about it. I got to call this one. I got to do this one. I got to send a text message here. I got to do this. And it's exhausting. But the reason why we never get tired is because... People are our passion. Yeah. And those relationships are our passion because life, you know, you know, Chris, the way I look at it is this. We can lose homes. We can lose cars. We can lose food. We can lose clothes. We can lose all this kind of stuff. But what we cannot lose is either the memory of a relationship or relationship. That's good. Because we pass away. We're going to go. But, but those relationships, that's the value that's the value. That's life. If there's anything that I can do in this life, it is to spend quality time with people yeah. to understand who they are. What are they excited about? What, what, you know, uh, someone that we both recently loved very dearly passed away not long ago and they were a big star Wars fan. That's all they cared about, you know? Yeah. And, and then the church recently did vacation Bible school. And I remember when we met a couple who, their entire, like, all their kids have Star Wars names, and, like, one of their initials, one of their kids' initials are C-3PO, right? And I remember when they were telling us about this, I mean, in my mind, I was like, oh, yeah. so-and-so would have loved this. Yeah. And, and, I remember, and, and then I began to share with them, and I said, in past vacation Bible schools or past church things, this person would come, and they would do this. And, and I, be, I shared their life yeah. with this other person. That's value. Yeah. That and that when we when we approach our relationships that way, yeah, then I think that that's when people that we connect with, they're like, okay, 
this person isn't just trying to say hi to be nice to me. Right. This person wants to get to know me. Yeah, that's good. I really like that tip, the little pro tip there about pulling out your phone. I'm skipping all the way back for a second, but pulling out your phone and saying, you know what, I've got this available next. I learned that actually uh, in, in my my secular job, if you will, I work in finance and I'm an analyst for our cash management group. And so what I do is I set up meetings at times for new products that we're trying to bring in or projects. And I have to, you know, someone will say, hey, we've got this new product. Uh, we want to tell you about it sometime. And I have to reply and say, okay, we have this date available at this time and this date at this time and this date and that time. And if I don't do that, we'll, we'll shoot three or four emails back and forth before this guy ever gets around to asking me what day I can come in. And I'll tell you, honestly, if you're ever talking to me, <laughs> pro tip for Chris, uh, you'll find out if, if you, if we are talking about something and I say, Hey, what are you doing next week? Let's get together. That means I legit want to get together next week. I want to continue the conversation on this topic. If I just say, yeah, man, let's just, let's get together and get coffee sometime. Just like Joe did to me. He, he, he wants to get together. He wants to have coffee, but like, he's not really sure if, if, you know, he's not confident enough in that relationship yet to like, say, let's go do that next week or let's do that tomorrow. You've got to have confidence with it and figure out how to truly, um, connect with people the right way mm -hmm. and, and just throw yourself out there in a little bit and say, okay, let's, what about next week? Yeah. Let's do it next week. Can you do it tomorrow? Yep. Here, I'll pick the place. Are, do you like Chipotle? I love Chipotle. Let's eat all the Chipotle yep. and let's talk about this, this blank, this one thing. Uh, and it's you've got to you've got to step up and you've got to do that. Yeah, absolutely. You, you know what? Here's the thing. You know what makes commitment easy? You know what makes commitment easy? Yeah. Is is, is and, and, and this is a rule that I live by, and, and and this this rule has caused a lot of controversy with people that have looked back at my life and criticized different things and oftentimes have been hurtful, but you know, I move on and get past it because of this principle that I'm about to share. But one, one of the principles that, that, that we live, we teach our kids this even, and that is this, we live to see people the way God sees people, meaning God sees all people, regardless of who they are, where they come from, what experiences they have, where they've been born in the world, as valuable, valuable, valuable people. Yeah. And if God sees every individual that he has created to have value and something to share, a story to share, then that means that they have value to share with me. Yeah. And so those relationships can never be replaced. And God believed that so much that his word says that he gave his son so that he could do what? Have that eternal relationship with his creation yeah. that was lost in the Garden of Eden. Yeah. Well, man, Brandon, this has been so good. Um, I, I love talking to you about relationships, especially because you can hear uh, your passion. I can see your passion in the room, but we didn't video this so nobody else can. Uh, but there is someone who does video a podcast and that's you. Tell us a little bit about the podcast that you just started. Oh, awesome. Thanks. Yeah. It's called church in fix. And, and what that means is not that we need to fix the church, but it has to do with going in depth, going deeper. And what we really want to accomplish with this is, is twofold. We want to do some teaching to help people kind of expand the depth of their knowledge and understanding and some issues like prayer and studying the Word of God and drawing closer to become who they want to be. And then also we have interviews with guests from time to time, like, you know, we just recorded one not long ago with you, and we really appreciated that with 
seeing their experiences so we can share that with ministry and ministers, young ministers, so they, they can change their lives. So it's something that we, we're really excited about. Awesome. Yeah, definitely check out Brandon's podcast. I think it's going to be good, especially as it grows. Uh, we're all starting podcasts together as a whole group of friends. So <laughs> we're just all going to be guests on each other's <laughs> podcasts for a while. And they're going to be get, awesome. Yeah. We're just, it's going to all be the same stuff over and over. That's what it's going to end up being. Um, Brandon, before we leave, anything else you have to tell us, anything you want to drop on us, some, some wisdom, some knowledge, some clickbaity funny. Well, you know, being the elder of this group of yes. friends that I am and, uh, yes, Stop wearing skinny jeans. That's all the wisdom I have for you. I mean, look, if I am skinny, can't I wear skinny jeans? I, I'm not going to answer that question. All right. That's valid. You know what's interesting, Brandon, is they make skinny jeans in size like 40 waist. I don't understand that. I don't know. How I'm, is it skinny at that point? I'm a 32 waist myself, so I don't know. Humble brag. clickbait church hosted by me chris prince i hope you're enjoying my little experiment you can follow or subscribe to clickbait church on apple podcasts spotify anchor or any other app that you use to get notified of every new episode check out clickbaitchurch.com for a list of your favorite podcast sources this episode was written and produced by me the theme music comes from andrew Applebye. thanks for listening see you soon